Hello and welcome to A Year of War and Peace, episode one for part one, chapter one. I'm Logan. I'm Brett. And Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! We've made it to 2024. Welcome, welcome. And we've embarked on the first step of a great, grand adventure. Oh boy. The first, a journey of a thousand miles, a journey of 361 days. That's Um, that's a long journey. Oh, also, I just wanted to um, give a notes app apology for my British accent last episode. (laughs) 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 I started out doing it and man, I just could not stop. I could not stop. And I kept going. (laughs) Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. It happens to the best of us. I mean... these freaks are speaking like four four different languages a chapter. They do. So. They're very they're very fluent. They're very they're they're, very, they're very overly fluent. They're a little too fluent. Some of them aren't. It's noted yeah. when they are. It's a, it's a okay. We'll get into that. We'll get into because that. that's actually something I picked up on. So this is chapter one. Uh, starting off pretty simply, two characters pretty easy to keep track easy. of. Easy. Anna Pavlovna is sick in the city of Petersburg, and she has Prince Vasily over. For, she's sick? for brunch, yeah, she's, it says at the start she's ill, and so she was inviting people over, right? To, to be yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, oh yeah, to come come entertain a poor ill woman, an old poor ill maid. Okay, gonna be so real. If a sick woman invited me over to her house, I just don't think I would go. You would lose so much Petersburg aristocratic. Okay, but they they have not that. lived through COVID nineteen. They've not lived through coronavirus. That is true. I'm sure they had. I'm sure they had worse. They might have had the Black on. Death, but like they did not have the coronavirus. So, <laughs> uh, so she invites them over. They talk about politics. They talk about family. Talk about some drama. I told you the first chapter is the, about There's, the girlies. They Gavin. spill. They, they spill. like spill. So Logan, this is your first chapter of War and Peace. What are your initial thoughts? Um, everyone just like hates themselves and their lives. Hey man, not a lot. No, every the more it's things change, crazy. the more things stay the same. The thing that perhaps confused me the most was Anna's relationship to uh, Vasily. I was just like so confused by why these two people would be interacting, and then was reminded of socialites and the fact that people. It's a very were big just socialites, and that was like who how they were connected. It's, it's a big industry in the this influencers book. of early 20th century russia right there's there's there are many people <laughs> in this book whose entire job and livelihood it seems to be is based on just having soirees and parties and and talking to people and being yeah. entertaining she's also like kind of mean to him like she's a, yeah anna's really mean to vasily she has like this <laughs> awesome line where she's like if you weren't a father i could find no fault in you and i was like whoa that was out of pocket but vasily's on like the same page yeah. with her on that no he he's she he agrees and he just hates his kids so yeah should we get into that sure what do you think about, about the mention of, of vasily's three children all right so just to break it down in terms of character we have obviously Anna uh, Pavlona. Pavlona? Pavlovna. Pav- I'm struggling with these names. One There's thing about me is if I read a name, I cannot in my brain transfer it to be said out loud. Mm. So that is just going to, I'm just going to refer to people by their first name. Okay. Well, Anna Pavlovna, her full name is Anna Pavlovna Scherer. Scherer. Sure. I don't know. Anna Scher. I can do that. Anna Scher. Anna Scherer. So Anna. Is a socialite who 
has invited uh, Prince Vasily to her party because she's sick. Indeed. And Prince Vasily has three kids. He has Anatole, who is a is, scoundrel. Is the problem He's child. A rat. He seems to be the problem child. He is. The uh, other two are darlings. I don't know. I don't know about the hip hip Hippolyte. Hippolyte, dude, that one's gonna trip me up. <laughs> Hippolyte gives me a little creepy vibe. Um and then Helene is his daughter, who is like the darling. Mm-hmm. She can do no wrong. And Anna is also a close confidant of the Empress <gasps> Maria Fedorovna Fyodorovna. Fyodorovna. Okay, come on, come on, pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, think that was actually very good. I don't but. know. And then also in this chapter, we find out that she is in some sort of contact with slash knows Prince Bolkonsky, who she recommends to Vasily um, to marry off his problem child to Bolkonsky's daughter. Indeed. Who remains unnamed in this chapter. His problem child, Anatole. He says, he says, <laughs> she says, she says, get him a, get him a, get him a good little bride. Get him a good little wife. In the in the in Princess Princess Bolkonsky, who I don't think we'll meet for a while, actually. I don't. I mean, it, unless she's at this party, I don't know when she's showing up. I don't think she shows up for a while. But yeah, it's a pretty simple opening chapter. Fairly, I mean, the opening. What do you think of the opening like paragraph, like the first, the the very first page? Because I remember when I was when I was looking into reading War and Peace, everyone's like, it's a great, amazing book with one of the worst opening lines. Like, ever. Well, Prince, Genoa, and Luca are now nothing more than estates taken over by the Bonaparte family. You just cut into the middle of this, like, highly political, yeah. historical it discussion. It was very interesting. And she, like, hates Napoleon. A lot. I mean, a lot of people do. They, they, a lot of people well, do. Well, they all do. But she is, like, she's, like, going out of her way. Yeah. To talk mad crap about this guy. Yeah. Well, and so for some for a little bit of historical I was about should, to ask should we establish you, some historical I was background? Ask what in what area or like what part of Napoleon's conquests is he in? So yeah, so so I don't want to get too into it because I could talk way too long about this period of history. But the basic outline is that the French Revolution just happened. Well, not just, but a little a little while ago. So the peasants killed the Bourbon dynasty, uh, the king, and all the other monarchies in Europe are like, uh oh, this is bad news because what bad if our bears. peasants? What if our peasants get that idea? Um, <laughs> we don't want that to. We don't want the idea of that to spread. I'm pretty sure the peasants already have the idea. Well, they haven't been doing it so far. <laughs> so as long as they aren't doing it, then that's fine. So they all go to war with France. Revolutionary France fights a bunch of wars. And in the wars, Napoleon Bonaparte rises up as a war hero, as a great general. Dude, he hears them. the people sing. He, he, I, he, yes, he does. He does. <laughs> um, leads him to a bunch of victories and then launches a coup against the French directory, the government, and establishes himself first consul of France. And he just... I think this takes place and starts in July 1804. And mm-hmm. so at this point in time, I believe Napoleon has been elected emperor, but has not yet officially been crowned by the Pope. Yeah, they're talking about how the the crown is like a God-ordained mm-hmm. thing. But So so Napoleon is a big affront to the 
he's the giant he's like a the the embodied representation of the ideals of the french revolution and so understandably the monarchists in the rest of europe do not like napoleon and and see him as a tremendous threat and so we are beginning i believe war has been declared and mm-hmm. so russia Great Britain and Austria mm-hmm. are all going to war against France. And so when they're talking about the war, they're going to war. It's the third coalition, I think, to go the, and... It is the third coalition. To go and stop Napoleon. Um, in 1805. And the, kick his well, ass. In 1805, the third coalition was formed. Yeah. I think that, well, then maybe it's... maybe. Well, I think that maybe, maybe they're just starting to, to put things together for war. Mm-hmm. And the the campaign hasn't happened yet. I don't know the time. I'm not I'm not 100 on the timeline. I just but, looked at the footnotes for that one. Mm. I did some white digging. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so the coalition's been formed. So Russia is going to war, allied with Austria and Great Britain, to try and kick Napoleon's butt and, and restore the Bourbon dynasty again. Mm-hmm. Finally, what I so really the like... Russian arist- aristocracy does not like Napoleon. Yeah, that makes sense. But I also really like how this woman who is, like, inviting people over to her house because she's sick and can't go out is talking about, like, how she can't find peace of mind these days. But she's rich. And she's in her house. (laughs) And she's talking to, like, princes and princesses and empresses. Hey, man, it's lonely at the top. (laughs) <laughs> that is one of the things we will talk about in War and Peace is, is some of the like social blind spots that Tolstoy sometimes has yeah. in being an aristocrat himself. Yeah. And so all of his books are about aristocrats and you get the occasional glimpse it, of the lower classes, but often very much through an aristocrat's lens. It almost lens. works in like an ironic way. Yeah. Which is, which is, I feel almost not how it was intended to be written. No. Which is interesting. <laughs> that it has it has almost circled around so far to be interpreted as ironic and be interpreted as this like a way that high society can be critiqued in an on un, written unintentionally right and I, but I wonder if some of it I think some of it is intentional because I I forgot yeah. coming back to it how like funny Tolstoy's narration can be like he's very <laughs> he's, he's, he's very witty. As a narrator, uh, and he's very like he's like insulting, like he's, very like tongue in cheek about but the he's, characters. He's not he's not insulting of their class. No, he's insulting of their, of their personal yeah. individual actions, and whether or not that can be informed by their class is a completely different argument. That I don't know if that can be made that that was taken into consideration while he was writing the book. This is true. We won't be able to crack open his brain and ask no well maybe i'll go find them i got Tolstoy. i got digits Tolstoy, we're coming oh leo <laughs> do you have anything else do you have anything else that comes to mind that you want to that, that this first chapter brings up i mean they're short chapters there's not I mean, there's not always there was, a ton to talk about there was just let's see because i have my notes written um a big thing that i was curious about was just the role of religion in russia like, how prominent religion was. Like, basically, with, like, the whole thing that that leaders are ordained by God. And on page 7, Anna says that she puts her faith in God and the noble calling of our beloved emperor that he'll be the savior of Europe. 
Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not an expert on Russian religion, but Come on, I know. Man. I'm sorry. I would assume that a lot of that is hearkening back to the the divine right of kings, mm, the idea that yeah. the the monarchs were divinely Fine. ordained to rule over this land, which is again a thing that Napoleon is is very much you know a symbol of of opposition to. You're giggling. What you, what is what is, what is giggling? Re- I just reread the line where. Sorry, this has nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> but where Anna is like, I often think that in good uh, that good fortune in life is sometimes distributed most unfairly. Why has fate given you two such splendid children? I don't include Anatole, your youngest. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> Which I thought Anatole was the middle child. I did not think that he was youngest by the way that they described uh, Helene. Hey, man. He's a little rascal. I thought that she was like an eight, like like eight. No, I think I she's, thought she a, was like she's a, a child. she's like a she's a young she's a young woman. That's crazy. I was fully under the impression that she was like eight years old. No, she's just a, she's a, she's a she's a young, beautiful, charming succubus. Wow. Rawr. I do not know how I feel about the fact that you just used that word. You'll see. Oh, I don't know. If there's much else to talk about for this chapter. I think that it's a it's a yeah. little little gossiping. Yeah. I think oh. I think one thing interesting is yeah. is the the in regards to the opening is the fact that this is a book that opens about Russians talking about the historical events that are happening at the time. Yeah, because I think it seems maybe kind of random reading it out of context at the beginning here, but this book is and will be very much about history and about Napoleon and about this period of history. And so I think it's interesting that it starts with contemporary Russians talking about the events that, especially in the back half of the book, you know, once we get to July and August and September, will um, oh boy. <laughs> will be very, very, very forward and relevant mm-hmm. and I, pre- present in the book. I do want to bring up... Bokonsky's other child, Andre, and his wife, Liza, who we did not mention yes. in our character breakdown, because she is the, Liza is the mode through which Anna is going to get Andre to talk to Maria about possibly marrying Anatole. Yes, so we'll meet the Bolkonskys yes. shortly. Very shortly. But uh, the, the important thing at the end of this chapter is is that, is that Anna Pavlovna suggests to Prince Vasily that he marry Anatole to Princess Bolkonsky because her father is an old miser who lives in the in the in the forest and yeah. she's unmarried and Lisa or Liza Bolkonsky will be coming to the party later tonight a different Bolkonsky the wife of Andre, Andre. Maria not, or not the princess's sister will be coming to the party and she's going to talk to her to try and to woo her to 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 suggest Anatole's marriage to the princess. There are a lot of princesses and princes in this. Lots. Get used to it. Lots. We'll talk about Russian names probably next chapter when we get a lot more of them showing up. Yeah. But um, I think that's all yeah. for this one. I think that's all. I'm going to have – I do have a – as we said in our opening episode that we were going to rank characters – Yes. Unfortunately, we only have two characters to rank this chapter. We do. Um, actually, I'll, I'll I'll throw in a third for you. Oh. For your question. Oh my. Because you can't really rank two people. Well, you could. I, yeah. But it's boring. 
So we're going to play Wed, Bed, Behead <gasps> with Anna, Vasily, okay. and Napoleon. Okay. <laughs> I know you're going to bed Napoleon. I don't know. I don't wed Napoleon. Get some... <laughs> He's got. He's short he, enough. He's the richest. He's the richest out of the three. So I'll be getting. I'll be getting the most in the marriage. Most <laughs> bang for your buck. Yeah, I might wed Napoleon. Um, I'll bed Anna and behead Vasily. Yeah, I I can, I can catch that vibe. I can catch that vibe. I'll keep my thoughts to myself, but I can oh. catch that vibe. Okay. Okay. Well, All right. that's chapter one. Our first step. On on this journey, uh, join us tomorrow for guess what chapter two. You you will you never guess that one. Where Anna Pavlovna's soiree will begin, and we'll meet some more of our of our of our principal characters. I think I'm just gonna one day we're gonna upload a chapter, and it's just gonna be like the end of the book, like three weeks from now. We should just throw it out of order. Yeah, we should we should, yeah. we should read it all and randomize the chapters. We should read it. We should read it in reverse.